everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we've got a great episode for you all this time around. We are talking about the newest movie that has just hit theaters, Dune Part 2. Hi, oh, man. Uh, we got to see this movie a couple days ago, and I've only seen it once now, but I'm really excited to talk about it. Before we dive in, though, we have to talk about the elephant in the room, uh, the one and only, the person whose web connects them all. It is it is uh, Madam Web. Uh, I did see Madam Web in theaters, and uh, that actually was the first film that I saw this year. So had I not seen Madam Web in theaters, Dune would have been the first movie that I saw in theaters, and so I'm wondering, I'm trying to figure out what the omen is, especially, you know, with Madam Web being uh, kind of giving prophecies and seeing the future, uh, if it was a good choice for me to see Madam Web as my first film of 24, uh, I will say this, I appreciated Dune so much more than Madam Web. Uh, Madam Web, and we're going to talk, we'll talk first about Madam Web, so Madam Web is a uh, it's a movie that is uh, on screen when you uh, purchase a ticket and go sit down it is the the feature that will play if you buy the ticket for the movie I look I, I I'm a big believer in if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all so I do have a few things to say about this movie um, I liked all, you know, the, the female cast was great. The kind of the camaraderie that they had in a, in a couple of scenes was, uh, it was nice, honestly. Um, except that, you know, I'm really trying, guys, you know, if you think about those clips of the guy that's about to start a fight, like the, the quarterback and the rest of the teams holding him back from, uh, from fighting, uh, that's me right now with uh, my conscience uh, saying, "Don't, don't badmouth Madam Web." Uh, we're gonna, we're honestly, this this podcast has now turned into, uh, how long can I go without saying something bad about Madam Web? Uh, so let's see, what else did I really like about this movie? Um, I, look, I, Dakota Johnson, she is a, uh, she's a gem. Uh, I won't say what kind of gem. She's good. Um, she's she's a diamond, all right. I'll say she's great. She's a diamond in the rough in this movie, um, just because it clearly seemed like. Look, that's what's breaking my heart the most about this. This is not about the film. Uh, it's just that uh, both Sydney Sweeney, uh, all my love sent her way. Also, uh, all like I said, all of the Spider Women were great. I really did enjoy them. I thought Sydney Sweeney was miscast. Um, I, they just they were all tropes of those classic tropes of high school students uh, and Dakota Johnson there's just many scenes where it just seemed like she she was not in the mood to act and I, again I blew I blew it I there I, I'm starting to talk negative about the movie but the reason I'm saying that is because I, I believe both Sidney Sweeney and Dakota Johnson had similar stories where like Dakota Johnson called and talked to Elizabeth Olsen and said like hey <laughs> I'm thinking about taking this role in this Marvel movie what do you like what do you think and she's like oh you know I don't know you got to like think about it it's a, it's a you know it's a, it's a time commitment x y and z I just 
in 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 the bottom of my heart i know that she both of them maybe all of them thought that this was an mcu movie like a marvel studios production not a sony movie uh, and the problem with that is for those who maybe are tuning in and don't know uh sony does not really care about their spider-man franchise they care more about and right wrong or indifferent they care right now about their animated stuff and obviously they care about um, main spider-man as well but the way that the rights work for that license because marvel licensed out spider-man and all characters related to spider-man um to sony uh i don't remember what the years are but they are required by the the contract to make a spider-man film within x amount of years of say the last spider-man film and so you may be wondering well alex uh, there's three Sony movies coming out this year. Why are they making all of them? Why, like, why wouldn't they just make one terrible movie? Why do they have to put three out? Uh, and that's that's a question. That's one of those questions that's going to echo through time. Uh, we may we may never know the answer to that, and consequently, we may also uh, know we may know the answer by the end of the year after Craven and Venom come out. Um, we may hear something. There could be an interview, maybe a reveal. Part of me wonders if, like, Amy Pascal one day, where she's just going to take off a mask, and she's like, I don't know, something, and, and it's like, you know, I got it. I snuck in, and I got to make as many Spider-Man movies as I wanted. I knew they weren't going to be good, but I had to do it. Um, look, Madam Web is not a good movie. It is, uh, it's got some moments. I laughed until I cried at the very end of the film, when it is revealed without explanation that she's, uh, well, uh, I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, for those of you that maybe still, for those of you out there who haven't seen it, which uh, is a good portion of you because the box office returns for that movie are not good, um, you know, maybe check it out when it comes to uh, Netflix is where it would be. Sony's got that contract with them. So, like I said, you are not missing a thing if you don't see this movie. There's no connection to the uh, wider universe. The, the Spider-Man connections are questionable at best. Um, I won't reveal kind of what they are. Again, I don't, I don't want to devote too much breath to this film, only to say the uh, this isn't really a spoiler because it's in the trailers, but that's really all that you get of everyone's costumes. Um, for some reason, no one has powers or costumes by the end of the movie. It's almost as if they thought that there was going to be a sequel to this film, and uh, I just don't see how... There's so many moments in this film even when i was watching it the first time and i've only watched it once uh where i just thought to myself this how many people passed on this right like how many how many eyes looked over the scene and said yeah that let's let's put that in the movie or let's uh let's let's go with that line or let's go with that you know decision doesn't make sense it's very strange um, but we we endure, and I I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into a cult movie. I honestly I'd maybe check it out in the future again if it's you know kind of from a midnight movie standpoint, um, or just needing a laugh because I I really do want to watch that ending again. I can't. I, it has been a long time since I've cried in the movies, whether that was an emotional cry due to sadness, happiness, or in this case just sheer incongruency and you know that you know that's what laughter is oftentimes is your brain can't understand what it's what it's seeing what it's beholding and uh you know i almost got struck blind while i was watching that scene despite the fact that dakota johnson is also blind in that movie um there's it's just 
yeah, it's one of those films that is going. It's going to. Uh, is it going to withstand the scrutiny of time? Uh, maybe not, but I could see the next generation really hanging on to this film just the same way that all of the Spider Women hang on to the web that that connects them all to Madam Web, or as my wife called it, uh, Madame Web. Uh, my wife did not see this movie either, and I, I don't know if I'd let her see it. I, I just you know sometimes you got to protect those you love. <laughs> from uh you know from seeing certain things that uh there's just no good that can come from it so with that in mind let's transition from uh look and and uh as you all know i am on letterboxd Uh, i am i'm very active on letterboxd now my username is alex klein k-l-e-i-n two four um you can find it's got the same photo as my twitter handle uh, I, I write a little diary entry review in every movie that I do. So if you're uh, wanting to see all the random movies that I watch or my thoughts on them, you can get that there. Uh, it is just funny, too, because now I'm having to operate on the 10-point scale of stars, you know, a 9 being a 4.5 star. And, uh, you know, a 5 going from a movie that I gave a 5 to a movie that I gave a 10 Uh, I don't know if I've ever done that in a podcast before, but we are moving into Dune Part 2. I am going to talk full spoilers for Dune. Um, This is a movie you've probably seen already. The box office for this movie is is phenomenal. I think it it has breached 80 million, much like the sandworms breached the surface, uh, and they are not done yet. Uh, What's incredible about this is it seems like what I saw, uh, early estimates have it around 180 million worldwide. Uh, which is phen- phenomenal, fantastic. Uh, I-, I saw that the budget for the film was $190 million. And it just makes me wonder what, what Disney's been up to. What what are they, you know, what are they cooking the books with? I I gotta know if the Marvels, a movie that's an hour and forty minutes, costs two hundred and seventy-five million to seventy-four million dollars. Um, and, and, you know, from a box office and a budget perspective, I'm going to hang on to that for a long time because I think that was a, that plus Godzilla minus one, uh, was a turning point in cinema for me, or at least in, in, um, budgets for movies. I never really thought about it much, but after those films, it's something I'm always thinking about. And so this movie is under budget compared to the Apple movies, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, Argyle, and Napoleon. And yet here it is making way more money. And obviously it's a sequel, so it's a little bit different, but it's just impressive. Congratulations to the entire squad. Denis, you've done it again. Uh, I said in my letterbox review, we might have to start calling him Dooney now, um, that he has truly secured himself as the Sandman. Congratulations again. Um, Dune Part 2, so full spoilers. Uh, this movie's incredible. I loved it. I uh, loved it more than the first film. I rewatched the first film the night before and actually bumped it down to a 9 out of 10, the first film. There's just some pieces of it, you know. It kind of just ends. I wish there was more. It's it's too short. Uh, and then after watching this movie, I bumped it back up to a 10 because things in this movie enhanced the first film for me. Uh, I can already tell this is just going to be beautiful on a rewatch, and when the third movie comes out, we're going to just collectively all lose our minds. I, you know, people are already losing their minds. Um, the uh, what is it, Alsan Al Gaib, uh, the the uh, the man from the outer world who's going to lead them. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's fascinating to me 
that they have finally been able to adapt this film or this book. Uh, I was never big into this book, certainly not. I never read it uh, except for prior to the first film, and I couldn't read it. I I got to, I don't know if it's in my Dune review from the first movie, but um, I, I got probably 20, 30 pages in, and I was just like, I can't understand any of this. The, imagine reading a book and uh, not understanding what a word means, right? What does Bennett Gesserit mean? What does uh, Ilsan Al-Gaib or Mah- what was the... Uh, Mahudin was one of them, I think, and then the Gamjabor. Uh, there's just all of these terms and phrases and, and lore. And you know me, I love my lore, but I don't know how to attach any meaning to any of this because I, you know, I didn't know. So then I saw Dune. You know, you hear all of those words being said in the movie, and now I go back and read the book, and it makes total sense to me. So that's to me, that was—I will always remember that because that was really interesting. I've never had that experience reading something before. Um, it was just—it was really cool. So, having read the book, I knew a lot of what was going to happen in this movie, but it had been a couple of years, so a lot. Again, it's—it's it's one of the most dense books. I don't know if I'd ever go back and read it again. Um, so there was a lot that I didn't remember, and I'm glad for that. There's a lot of surprises in here, and uh, for those of you that don't care, uh, the book, the movie actually is a little bit different than the book. So by the end of it, there's actually some different things that happen, and it clearly seems like we're leading into a third movie. I think there's been revealed that they're already working on the script for this movie, but Denise said, let's not rush things, and uh, I couldn't agree more with you, buddy. Love that. Um, let's just focus on, at this point, getting a physical copy of this movie into all of our hands. I think that should be the priority right now, and hopefully we get a ton of cool special features. Um, but overall, like I said, the film, um, the cinematography is just as good as the prior film. It almost feels more expansive now in uh, focusing on the smaller level conversations. You know, it... it one thing I'll say, and I think is readily apparent, is that Javier Bardem is, is he's hilarious in this movie. He almost all of the comedy from this film is him, which is interesting because in the first movie there's like no comedy, nothing is funny, right? It's it's them coming to this planet and and figuring things out, and that and that's the funny thing too. There's a lot, I, I you know I don't know the the overarching beliefs from people around how complicated it is to understand these movies because there's a lot going on. But if you can really take a step back, the movies themselves are actually they're pretty simple to to explain. So the first movie, um, there you know there's an emperor that rules over the galaxy. I mean they never really dive into what it is, but there's an emperor and there are these houses, kind of like in Game of Thrones. Haven't seen that show, but uh, I know of it. Right? There's feudal houses, and there's House Atreides, there's House Harkonnen, there's a bunch of different houses. And so what happens is the Harkonnens are uh, they live on Arrakis, on Dune. It's this planet that's completely covered in sand, and the Emperor decides to vacate and evict the Harkonnens from this planet and have House Atreides come run the planet instead. Uh, we don't really understand why. You know, you can assume there's political motivations there, and there are. You learn about that in this movie. But... You know, House Atreides comes, and again, here come the political motivations. House Harkonnen then strikes back at them, uh, killing almost the entire um, house, right, in the first film. They, they come back. This was the Emperor's intention, to have this sort of kind of war, I guess you could say, war in the stars. Um, you know, I will point out that, too. If anyone hasn't seen Jodorowsky's Dune, 
I would highly recommend it. It's a really great documentary. I don't know where it's streaming. But uh, this Dune is um, the uh, influence and inspiration for Star Wars. You'll notice that with a lot of this. Again, I probably went over this in the Dune review. But for those of you that are new, right, Paul, Luke, um, you know, he's, he's the savior, uh, uh, white savior that shows up. And, you know, there's the planets, there's a war, and the, there's Star Wars, right? You know, that's the whole point, and, and Spice Wars, um, which is, you know, there's, there's just a lot of similarities, which is acknowledged in this documentary as well. So, um, by the end of this, though, right, we find out that Paul and his mother, Jessica, who is the, the uh, mistress of the king, who is a witch, the Bene Gesserit, um, they are alive, and they, along with the, I guess, the Bene Gesserit, the witch's coven, I guess you could say, they've been influencing uh, the events of the world, of the galaxy, for thousands of years. They've been putting things in the right place, genetically altering things, improving bloodlines. If this sounds questionable, you might be right. There's a lot going on in this movie, so just keep focusing. Don't wonder. Don't question too much, because it is very strange. But again, it's a book that's a product of its time. And uh, But it makes for a very intriguing movie because when you're watching it, everyone is committing to this. And it's fascinating when you find out that these witches have been, uh, you know, influencing and pushing. And, and it made me realize that, you know, Beyonce was right. Who runs the world, right? It's girls. And they, they, they show that in this movie. And you know what? It might not, not, might not be a bad thing because the guys in this movie, all they care about is fighting. And uh, the women are just manipulating them and pulling the strings to push them into certain arguments and fights. Uh, very, very cool. Um, there's even, you know, there's a moment, and I, I called this out in my review as well, but there's a moment where uh, Zendaya slaps um, Timothy Chalamet. And right after she slaps him, you hear the ha ha ha. And I, I laughed just because I'm like, that, that is messaging if I've ever seen it in the best way, right? Like, don't mess with women. Uh, and certainly don't give them a fright, which is what Paul was doing in that situation. Um, no bueno. So um, we also get some intrigue here around some new Harkonnens. We have Austin Butler playing the brother of um, Drax. Gosh, what, uh, <laughs> I feel bad. I don't know his name. But uh, got so many names in here, I'm blanking. But he's uh, Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Um, He's his brother. He comes down to run the planet, and he is fierce. He's brutal. There's an amazing Colosseum fight, black and white, uh, based on the way the sun is in the sky. The Harkonnens are just, they're crazy, man. They've got uh, these weird, creepy suits, like uh, American Horror Story, uh, really cool fireworks. Um, but then from there, essentially what's going to happen is Paul and his mom are spreading the word about the prophecy, and we get a lot of really fascinating conversations around what is a prophecy, right? Is it you know, is, is it true? Is a prophecy like because you believe in it or is it because you're making it happen, right? Is it because you're the one perpetuating these things? Uh, which is something, again, they touch on a lot, but they don't dive too deep in because that's not what the movie's about is exactly. Um, there's a lot more around the worms in this movie, which was phenomenal. Um, again, see this in the biggest screen that you can because the worms, man, they're, they're huge. Uh, and they they don't mess around this time around. Shai Halud is uh, on full display, especially the worm ride. Um, I got some questions from people around how do they get off the worms. Uh, my, my quick response was however the writers want. 
but uh, it sounds like uh, Denis has acknowledged this as well and is something that they might be exploring in the third film. So um, we just so many hints that there's going to be. And after the box office of this weekend, it, they're, they're crazy not to have another weekend. They're calling this the two towers of our generation. Uh, and you know what? I, I believe that. It's been a long time since we've had a sort of dense sci-fi lore type series like this. Um Again, focused more on like a brand new, well, it's the adaption of a book. I was going to say it's still a little different than a comic book movie, but at the same time, it feels very much in that same vein. These are these are my bread and butter. These are my favorite kinds of movies. That's why, I mean, it's a lot of people's favorite kinds of movies. But the, just the design, the costumes are beautiful. I mean, they're even better than the last movie. There's so many. Uh, Florence Pugh's costumes, I mean, just her alone. Rebecca Ferguson is my standout, I think, for the movie. She does such a good job. Huge shout-out to the very blink-and-you-miss-it Anya Taylor-Joy, who I cannot wait to see more of. I will not reveal more about that. Um, but yeah, there's just there's a lot to love about this film. Uh, there's a lot of sand. But to that point, I think even Anakin would like this movie. He would agree that it's an adequate amount of sand. Um, for what is needed and I just kept thinking man how, how are all those worms underneath that sand it's just it's it's fascinating to me how big that planet is um and again there's there's some I, I predicted something one thing correctly in here on the way to the movie me and my buddy were talking about um something about the guy that he killed Jamis uh, at the end of the first movie he was saying something about like how is he you know wasn't he going to be the one to teach him to ride how is that going to work and I was like oh he's going to you know, come into his power, and he'll be able to learn from him in the past, uh, and that's ended up what happening, and that that was really cool. Um, you know, I don't know if it was exactly to that point, but it was. You know, the spirit of it was there, which was great. Uh, there were some other things that really, uh, you know, I thought was going to happen and didn't around the nuclear weapons, uh, which I wonder we will probably definitely going to see more about that in the next movie, just in terms of the intensity. Uh, Josh Brolin was amazing in this. He was really good. Uh, I'm just, you know, these movies, everyone comes and brings their all, brings their A-game. Like, Timothy Chalamet absolutely knocked it out of the park. His character, he did such a good job channeling uh, Leto Atreides, his father. There's so many moments where I was like, your father would be so proud of you. As I, you know, the decisions that he was making and the, the way he was speaking to others. Um, there are moments, too, where I was like, you know, your dad's probably not going to be as proud of you. But um, at the end of the day, you know, him to be able to portray that. Zendaya was amazing. I said Rebecca Ferguson, Javier Bardem, um, Christopher Walken as the Emperor, uh, Skarsgård as uh, Baron Harkonnen. That was great. We got Mia Seidau, uh for just a little snippet, and she was phenomenal. It's just one of those movies where it just it goes up there with uh, Blade Runner and, and those other types. It's funny because... Before this movie came out, there was a meme going around that my, my brother shared around which uh, which director are you picking from their last four films between Denis Villeneuve and Christopher Nolan. Uh, and a lot of us were saying Denis, but I was like, you know, we can't say much because we haven't seen Dune 2 yet. And I, I'm, I'm right there with, I think, picking him because the last four of his are the two Dunes and then Blade Runner and Arrival, when Nolan's are in Interstellar, um, Oppenheimer, and then uh, Dunkirk, and Tenet. So, 
I think overall I like those last four of Denise more overall, but like Interstellar is still my favorite of all those movies. So it's just it's interesting that we're we're living in this time because I saw someone else was a letterbox thing was uh, sharing around you know oh where are you ranking your films between Robert Eggers and um, Ari Aster and Jordan Peele, and I'm just like man, ten years ago you know, maybe more, we, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have these conversations. And now we are living in a time we have all these really great directors right now. There are so many that are making so many cool, unique movies that are giving these movies their own voice. Like, you know a Villeneuve movie when you see it. You know a Nolan movie. Uh, you know an Ari Aster movie or, or a Robert Eggers movie. So uh, it's just, it's one of those things that you've got to experience this if you can in theaters. You've got to check it out. Um, be careful if you get that Dune popcorn tin. I've been uh, hearing a lot of pretty crazy things about that as well. But um, that's our. I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much more about the movie. All I want to say is, like I said, I I loved it. There's a good chance this might be my top movie of the year. Uh, but I don't wanna I don't wanna say that yet until we uh, we get to the end of the year. So with all that said, thank you all so much for listening. This has been uh, another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein, and we will see you at the movies. <laughs>